Third time's a charm. Get it together, baby. <laughs> Tetris 99 gets some new DLC. The Video Game Hall of Fame inducts classic games we're going to talk about. Also, Xbox emulation on the Nintendo Switch, loot box banning, Fortnite skin bullying, Game of Thrones chat, AirPods suck my asshole, audio and Instagram questions, and I'm also going to be talking about some of my favorite Sega Saturn memories. Happy birthday, Sega Saturn. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Heine House Live. This is episode 10. We're in the double digits. Let's go. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming, gaming and, and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Boom. For all other info, including links to our community Discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, hello. I'm going to crack open this seltzer. Ah, yeah. How are you doing? Welcome back to the show. Good to see you. Mm-mm-mm. I am Jason Heine. Thanks for tuning in. This is the podcast slash webcast where, of course, we talk about gaming, tech, life, all kinds of stuff. Sometimes we throw some comedy in. Sometimes we... uh we go off the rails. It's just fun. We just like to hang out. And I appreciate you being here. I'd like to take part in the show. You can join us. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Tiny House. I want to take part in the show by maybe submitting an audio question. When you listen to the show, maybe you got something on your mind. Maybe I said some stuff you want to chime in on. I would appreciate that. I'm, I'm very much focused on community for this show, and I'd love to engage with you guys. And I have a lot of ways that you can do so. Record yourself on your smartphone, computer, whatever have you, and send it over. Email it to me, HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. I would love to uh, to chat with you. And of course, the show is completely funded and supported 100% by all of these amazing people that you see right here on your screen. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. Thank you. Appreciate you all so, so much. Keeping the show alive, keeping it going. And uh, gosh, it's fun. Getting great feedback from everyone. It feels good to be back podcasting. I mean, a lot of you already know this about me, but there's a lot of new people coming through, and I appreciate that. I've been podcasting for, I'm almost on my 10th, uh, yeah, my 10th year anniversary coming up here. All Gen Gamers, Heine House Live. Of course, I used to be known as the EMU Review. Classic shit classic shit so anyway if you enjoy the show you get a little chuckle a little giggle patreon.com slash jason heine we're gonna jump right in i got a lot of a lot of great stuff to talk about this week um <laughs> a lot of stuff mostly you know we got some gaming news i got some tech news i'm gonna talk about some of my saturn memories my sega satin as happy console gamer would say my good friend johnny millennium um, I got some random stuff to talk about first before we jump all the way into that. Uh, you know, Tumblr's on the market. You guys know Tumblr, right? You remember Tumblr? You could use it to share your photos and post some things. Well, so originally it was owned by Yahoo. <laughs> Yahoo! Yahoo! Right? You could, uh... <laughs> 
No, you're like, no, I don't remember that. And please stop doing that. So originally it was owned by Yahoo. And then they ended up selling it to Verizon. And then Verizon got it. And something happened when Verizon took over. And I mean, it already kind of had started when Yahoo owned it, but it got worse when Verizon grabbed it. Basically, people started uploading all of their porn onto Tumblr. Um, and it kind of became like a porn site in a way, right? So it was a huge problem. So Verizon's like, well, what the fuck are we going to do with this? So they basically went through, excuse me, and started to ban all of the porno on there. All right, makes sense. As much as they could anyway. Uh, and then what happened after that? I think this is really funny. What happened after they banned all the porn is that their viewership and people using Tumblr dropped like 80%, like pew, explosion. No one's using it. So they're like, holy shit, what are we going to do? How are we going to get this thing back? How are we going to fix this, right? Well, <laughs> how do you recover from that? You can't really. So they put it up for sale. And so it's for sale right now. It's on the market, right? And I was reading an article about it. You know what's really funny is guess who is interested in buying it? Or they possibly may put in a bid on it. <laughs> Pornhub. <laughs> Winner. So funny. And it comes back full circle, Tumblr. Uh, we all know that here in the United States, Toys R Us uh, filed for bankruptcy, uh, I guess, was it last year or two years ago at this point? And uh, they shut down all of their stores, and it's really sad. In fact, I have some walkthroughs on my YouTube channel. Stephanie and I went out, and we were walking around. And, uh, I mean, you know, I grew up in Toys R Us. A lot of us did. We have a lot of great memories in Toys R Us, so it was really sad. Sad news, indeed. And I won't get into the details. I mean, like, you know, they weren't very competitive and <sighs> retail is tough with the Internet. You know, Internet is great, but it killed a lot of business, especially in a retail for toys specifically. Uh, but where the fuck do you get your toys now? What do you do? You go to Walmart or Target? I mean, they got toys, but there's not a great selection of toys. You can't go to KB Toys. You can't go to any of that. So, but anyway, we got we got word. We got news that <laughs> Planet Fitness um, which is a, uh, you know, a f obviously in the name, it's a fitness exercise uh, business. They have them here locally in Arizona, too. They're around. But they're going to be moving into some of these Toys R Us locations and also moving into the dead, cold corpse of the old Sears locations. And I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, that's going to be a big-ass Planet Fitness, dude. Like, yeah, that's a huge building. Those are big shoes to fill. So... Yeah, Planet Fitness going in there. So sad. I couldn't, I don't think I could be able to, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't walk into a Planet Fitness and just know that it was a Toys R Us, especially the one that's here locally by us. I couldn't walk in there and be like, I'm ready to work out. I'm ready to do my fucking twerking and ready to do my leg lifts and my, you know, my yoga. Like, when I used to look at drones here, I used to look at video games here. Ugh, no. Oh, hey, happy Mother's Day. Forgot to mention that. Put that as a beginning. I should have. Happy Mother's Day to all the lovely mothers out there. Yes. 
And, uh, you know, it's, you should do something nice for your mom. Stop it. Get some help. And if, uh, you know, help them out. Because uh, they put up with your bullshit. Get some help. For many, many years. Maybe still are. <laughs> no. We love our moms. And, and I'm very thankful. My mom is, uh, she's visiting. Uh, she's been here for a couple months here at the house because of, uh, actually, I'm this next week I'm able to drive again. Uh, I guess quick update on that. See, I have I haven't like pushed it down people's throats. I haven't like talked about it like boom, 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 boom. But yes, my medical situation is uh, you know I'm dealing with it. I'm overcoming it. You know, it's a lot of money, and I'm not going to be able to pay it all. It's just reality, and that's okay. I'm just gonna I'm getting over it. I, I appreciate everyone's support who's come forward and helped uh, donate to me via PayPal or my GoFundMe page. Um, I do still have it up, uh, but I will be taking it down uh, uh, probably at the end of the week. That is. Uh, actually the 20th is I'm able to drive again. And so that's when I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to pull it down and, and I'm going to just move on with, with my life. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just so thankful for everyone for coming through and, uh, and supporting me and helping me there. And it has definitely helped because, uh, it's difficult talking to the hospital and like the 10 or 11 other companies that, you know, when you go to the hospital, I don't want to go on the tangent, but when you go to the hospital and you have a whole bunch of tests done, here's one thing you don't know. Here's one, here's, here's a little fucking Easter egg. Here's a little bomb for you. You go to the hospital, right? And you get some shit taken care of, right? You're in there and you get tests. So you get this test and that test. And then this doctor comes in and gives you this test. And this doctor comes in and gives you this test. And then the nurse comes in and does this. And then they feed you this meal. And then you stay the night, you stay the night, you know, and then they come in tomorrow and there's two more tests and you stay the night. And then there's another, anyway, this is what I'm getting at. All those tests, everything that was done are from separate companies, separate people. It's not like the hospital. It's not like one bill. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm still getting letters in the mail from, from, from these companies like, oh, yeah, you know, you had this. Uh, we came in and we inspected your long toe and we noticed that it was uh, fucking long. Uh, we need $2,000. Oh, okay. <laughs> I could have told you that. You just have to ask. <laughs> Fuckers. So anyway. Anyway, that's a little side tangent, but uh, yeah, so uh, we're overcoming. That's that's what I want to talk about. We're overcoming. We're moving forward. We're doing well, and I love all of you. Thank you for your support through this difficult time, and I actually wrote a song about it. Uh, I'm going to talk about it later because it's not, well, it actually is ready, but it's not live yet. It's going to be about a week or two before it goes live, and uh, I got a music video I shot for it, and uh, it's called Breathe, and it's just about the fact that I'm very thankful that I'm able to still breathe and be here. And I talk a little bit about my situation, and it's it's kind of a chill hop, kind of jazz hop, kind of fun thing. I got I got Chanch on bass playing. I do some funk drumming. On. It's fun. It's fun. And I think you guys might really like it, and it'll be on my website. It will be all over the place. So that's that's down the road, though. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, what was I talking about? Tumblr and porn? What was I talking about? Oh, happy Mother's Day. Yeah, we love you, moms. Thank you. Take care of your mom. Um. Let's talk about Sega Saturn memory. Should we just go right into it? Oh, fuck. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Why not? Let's just, just jump into it. Let's do it first, man, because we got all kinds of stuff. We're going to do this week in gaming history, followed by gaming news, followed by tech news and audio questions. Going to wrap up on Discord, show some pictures. We did hashtag mouse, gaming mouse, PC mouse. We have great pictures in there. We're going to show it all. So if you're listening to the audio feed, uh, check me out on YouTube because I have a video feed, live video feed here that... You can see all this stuff. I pop it up on the screen for your viewing pleasure. Sega Saturn. Okay, so we all have... Let me talk about my Saturn memories. Because I, I jumped on the Saturn a little bit later than most. I did not get it when it came out. You have to understand, when the Saturn was released in the United States, we were 
Um, we were really interested in PlayStation 1 and N64, right? So there was, if, if you didn't get the Saturn, uh, you were you were definitely going for the N64 or, or the PS1. And so you have to put yourself back in that time. So pre the Saturn coming out, we had the Genesis, which is an amazing console. And uh, I, there's nothing I need to say about the, the Genesis. But what I will say is that Sega kind of fucked us over. They came out with the Genesis, and then they came out, you know, with uh, the 32X, and then they came out with Sega CD, and there's all these attachments and peripherals that we had to attach to our Genesis, and they were coming out back to back, and it was it was really it was pissing off gamers. It was pissing off mom and dad too. So moms and dads all over the world are getting pissed because you know we all want these new attachments and upgrades, and it's expensive. There's a lot of money back then, so. Sega kind of burned their bridge in the retail world by doing that and really pissed off the gaming community with that. Now, they're awesome stuff. I mean, Steph loves Sega CD. She has a small collection of Sega CD stuff. I never actually owned a Sega CD. Uh, my friend did, but I never did. But she's got one, and it's very cool. love it. Um, I did have a 32X. I did, I did own that. And so I've kind of been riding the roller coaster a little bit during this time. So once that kind of came to an end and we're hearing about PS1 coming out and N64 down the road, which had been fucked. The N64 was been rumored for years, man. Like I, I remember my my Game Pro, I remember my Nintendo Power. Everyone, uh, my Electronic Gaming Monthly, I was subscribed to. They always are talking about it every episode. And so, dude, I was buzzing for that. That's what I was really wanting, really into. So, I didn't get the Saturn. I didn't even buy it at launch. I didn't. I wasn't there. No fanfare. Nothing. I just was like, "See ya later." I'm not. I'm not down. Fuck you, Sega. I'm mad. You know, it wasn't until Dreamcast that they really brought it back and knocked it right out of the park. I mean, they fucking just killed everyone with Dreamcast. And then, of course, Sony came in and decided to shut the coffin <laughs> with PlayStation Two. But that's a whole other story we talk about. Um. So yeah, I didn't get Saturn. When did I get Saturn? Maybe 2002, 2003. This was a time when, um, so we had moved on, all right? It was the next generation of consoles. In, a, in 2000, 2001, we had PlayStation 2, original Xbox, and GameCube. They all came out, 2001. And this was, you know, everyone's wanting the new shit. So Saturn was like in the dumpster, basically. It was in a graveyard. And I remember getting games and systems for free from people. They're like, I'm getting rid of this shit. I don't want it. Do you want it? Yeah, fuck yeah, I want it. Absolutely. Just because I didn't buy the Saturn when it came out or I wasn't there, or I was kind of like, fuck you, Sega, in those days. Like, it doesn't mean that I don't, that it's a piece of shit, right? It doesn't mean that I don't, I don't want it. Of course I want it. Even if I had to pay some money for it, I would have paid, gladly paid money for it. It's just the fact that nobody wanted that stuff at the time. And I have stories of I have stories of this with Atari twenty six hundred, um, NES, Super Nintendo. Uh, oh God, Game Boy Advance! Holy shit, I could tell you stories about Game Boy Advance and lots of cool stuff like this. So there's, you know, there's an ebb and flow, and there's a timeline of of collecting for a collector, and you have to know when to jump into the water and when to just wade in it and not really get wet. Like you have to know the right time to to collect and get this stuff because you can get it for dirt cheap. You just have to get it when, when um, it's like buying a house, right? You just have to get it when it's a, uh, um, a seller's market or a buyer's market, I guess. Um, okay. So 2002, 2003, I started to get into Saturn. I started to get a bunch of games and I would actually get 
games that were, mm, I guess, lot, lots of them were bundled. So people online were trying to offload them. eBay had shit tons of them. And it was tough because shipping those in the long boxes, same thing with PS1, the long box um, cases, they're very fragile. The plastic on them is so long, they always crack. It's always a big pain in the ass. Discs get loose in there, and they bounce around, and they scratch up, and then they're fucked. So you have to be really careful. So I tried not to buy... I wasn't actively buying Saturn uh, in the early 2000s or mid-2000s at all. I was pretty much just kind of like when I came across it, I'd, I'd hook it up. You know, I'd do it. Um, so I was started to started to look online locally and find uh, people that were selling other things and then big gaming lots. And I just kind of swoop in and get stuff once in a while. Uh, and it ended up to be kind of a, a big collection of, of Saturn games. Now, I don't have a lot, but uh, I do have, I don't know, maybe... Maybe 30 games or so. So not a huge collection. I think I have... You know what's funny is I have about 30 or so great games that I really like. Um, you know, Duke Nukem 3D and a whole bunch of other great games. Um, I imported Virtual Racing for that. I remember I did I did get online and import that. Uh, there's a whole bunch of great... I, you know what? I should have... Fuck. I should have brought them out and show you guys. But then I have, I think, equally... Um, <laughs> have an equal amount... <laughs> Of like sports games, like golf and Madden and all these all these games are not Madden. Uh, what is it? Was it Madden in those? No, it wasn't Madden. It was the EA. Uh, no, Sega Sports. All those fucking. Uh, there's like hockey, NHL, and there's basketball. I just have tons of sports games too. So I tried to like swap cases, you know, as we do as we collectors. You know, we swap cases to like the nicer cases and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, you really can't give away those sports games. Like nobody will even, even today it's like, well, I mean, today you probably could, but most people, they, yeah, they don't, they don't want them. Some of them don't really age well, but they're still fun. They're still a good game. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like a little small history, um, of my, of my Saturn. I got into it late and I, it was kind of a slow process. You know, some, some consoles I'm really aggressive and I'll go after, and collect for and be actively looking. Uh, and then some are kind of, um, you know, a slow burn. Most of mine are a slow burn, to be honest. Um, N64 was kind of a slow burn. I would, I would, I knew I was always collecting for it, but what was different is I never stopped collecting for it. Even like when people were off, like when it was new, I was collecting when it, it was alive for three, four years, I was collecting. And then once the new, new consoles came out, I was still collecting and kind of, you know, you kind of just, uh, it's a slow burn, you know, when they're there, they're there. When they're not, they're not. It's not a big deal. Uh, and that kind of makes the fun of it. The thrill of the hunt as well. So, and you don't really come across a lot of Saturn games out in the wild. It's just kind of, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was nobody bought it or not a lot of people bought it or that it just really wasn't a, a popular system here in the United States. Um, for every one Saturn game you'll find in the wild, you'll find 400 PS1 games. It's just, you know, there's just so many, so many. Um, yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of sad because, you know, Saturn is fun. It didn't handle 3D very well. It wasn't really designed to do that. And so it was, it was tough for developers to make games for it. It was more difficult. So in that time, why would they invest their efforts and time in a console that was more difficult to program and code for when they could do it on PlayStation one, which was a lot easier and even N64, which I think, I mean, to be honest, it was probably more difficult. 
I mean, that's why there was such a lack of games on that system is because it was really difficult, new architecture and all that. So, yeah. Overall, with Sega kind of just fucking us in the ass in the early 90s all the way up to this point um, and having it be a really bad time to release a console when you had two huge heavy hitters right there. Uh, yeah. I mean, happy <laughs> hey, happy birthday, Saturn, you big bitch. <laughs> no, I, I, I do enjoy the Saturn. In fact, I mean, I... I have the, um, they have some great Lycon games on there. They have Virtual Cop. I have that. And I have the two, uh, I have a mint inbox, the Saturn um, Stunner. I think it's called Stunner Guns. Those are the light gun, uh, light guns that were sold with them. I have them in box. And I have a, uh, I have a, a factory sealed um, Virtua Fighter slash Daytona USA big box. It's like, a, it's like the size of like a, um, like a PC big box, but like half the, the half the thickness, half the girth. <laughs> it's maybe like an inch thick, but it looks like a, a big box PC game. It's really cool. And I have a bunch of Netlink adapters, modems uh, for you to play online. And it's just, I just love the system. I think it's cool. It's really cool. And they have two different models, at least here in the States, you know, one with the round button, one kind of with the oval button. And uh, they look very similar, but they are a little different. So, hey, happy birthday, Saturn. You big dirty bitch, you. Now it's time for this week in gaming history. It's a section we talk about games that came out in the past. And it corresponds to the week that I'm recording this. But even if you come back after the fact, it's still totally relevant because it's fun to learn. And learning is great, kids. I'm going to be talking about the dates May 12th through May 18th. How many of these games do you remember? Let's talk about it. May 12th, 1998, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES was released in Japan. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles and a Half Shell, Turtle Power. 2003, Grand Theft Auto Vice City on PC, was released. What a gem. It's my favorite uh, Grand Theft Auto. Just so y'all know, little FYI, it's my favorite. I would sit there, and I've said this so many times, and you know, throughout listening to the show, you may hear me repeat shit, and that's just the way it is. I remember getting this game and sitting on the floor, on my stomach, on, like, my elbows, like, down in front of the TV, and sitting in a car, in-game, and changing the radio and just listening to the radio stations all night long. I cannot be the only person that did that. Please write to me. Please get in Discord and tell me you did this too. Please. I want to know. I loved the radio stations. First of all, the music. I love the 80s music. And they picked great, great songs for it, of course. But also, why is this fucking hitting my head? God damn. To feel, you know, when you wear a hat and you got the little fucking bun up there. Hold on, I'm gonna pull that back. There we go. Jeez, my headphones was pushing on the button on top of my head. I feel like my head's gonna explode. God damn. What was I talking about? Um. Oh yeah, yeah. The soundtrack. So, but I would sit and listen to the soundtrack and the commercials. Holy shit, the commercials are so funny. I loved them so much. What a great game. What a gem. Uh, had it on PS2 first, but then later on did get it on PC. 
That was in 2003, so I don't think I got it in 2003 on PC, though. Must have been later. Uh, 2015 Project Cars on PS4 and Xbox One. Nice. Was ported over. Very good. Fun, fun racing sim. And in 2016, Doom on PC. Moving on to the next day. May 13th. Oh, man, we got to get the claps going on here. May 13th in 1996. This was a day to remember. A day to remember. Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Fucking Stars. I mean, it really is a Perfect. game all around. I love it so much. And I like it because it, I mean, it's of course Square and Nintendo getting together and creating this, this world where you didn't have to be an RPG pro, aka me, to understand what was going on. And it was very accessible for people like me who, who weren't really into hardcore RPGs at the time. And that game, plus like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy 3, all these, those three right there, those three heavy hitters are incredible on the Super Nintendo and really changed the landscape for RPGs, I think. And uh, just love it. Love having it in the uh, Mario world. Uh, oh, get it? Mario world? Yeah, okay. Stupid. God, that's stupid. The fuck am I reading? I don't even know what the fuck I'm reading. In 2001, Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Ages. Oracle of Seasons on the Game Boy Color was released. Oh, one. In 2002, Star Wars Jedi Starfighter on original Xbox was released. It's a great game. May 14th. In 2001, here we go. We got a little Dreamcast action for you. Confidential Mission. Uh, I'll go over there and grab it, but it doesn't matter. You guys, you guys know what it looks like. You've seen it. Great game. Light gun game. It's kind of a James Bond ripoff, throwback, sort of virtual cop. Kind of like virtual cop in a James Bond environment, if you will. And it's light gun, and it's fucking amazing. You 100% should pause the episode, plug in your Dreamcast to your CRT, get out your light guns, and play that game with a friend right now. I would not be mad if you stopped the show and went for it. You should. In 2002... On May 14th, Duke Nukem Manhattan Project on PC was released. And although Duke Nukem 3D was groundbreaking, an amazing, amazing game, this was more or less a third-person sort of platformer type of a game. And I'm sorry, Duke, it just didn't really go over that well. People didn't really care for it. I think Duke 3D was just a complete game-changer. Uh, the build engine, all that stuff. Uh, Ken Silverman behind all that. And this was didn't really do very well, unfortunately. But uh, still, nonetheless, did they release that on PS1? I think they released it. Blah, blah, blah. I think they released it also on PS1, if I, if I recall. 2009. Oh, just a cool solid 10 years ago. Killing Floor. On PC, I say it like that because it's like Steph's, like one of her favorite games. She, she always says it like that, Killing Floor. Come on, play Killing Floor with me. 
And I'm always like, hell no, I don't want to play Killing Floor. Because you know what? That game, why is it so slow? I feel like it's so fucking slow. Like I'm in molasses. I'm like, ah, oh, why is it dragging? I'll play Killing Floor 2. I'll play the shit out of that with you. Love it. Killing Floor. Harold, what are we going to do with this Wi-Fi? It says I'm not connected to the Wi-Fi. What do I do with the Wi-Fi, Harold? Do I play with the Wi-Fi? Do I, do I touch the Wi-Fi? What do I do with it, Harold? Tell me what I do with the Wi-Fi, Harold. May 15th, 1995. Road Rash 3. On the Sega Genesis. Oh, my God. Road Rash, you fucking dirty ass dick. It is so good. I love that game. Love it. Played, I played it originally, and I've said this again. I've said this before, but I played the original Road Rash um, on Sega Channel before it was released. Put that into perspective. Just hold on. Just think about that for a minute. Think about this. I loaded up Sega Channel, logged in, and played a fucking demo version a pre-release demo version of the original Road Rash on Genesis on Sega Channel. In like, when was this, 92? This had to have been 92, 93. Just blows my mind. Think about that. I remember it. It was also the same day I got accused of snorting athlete's foot cream through a broken balloon that I put on top of the... You know what? I won't get into that story. That's, that's for another day. That's, that's, that's actually never for any day. We'll just leave that there. And no, I didn't. Who the fuck does that? 2007. Resident Evil 4 on PC was released. 2012. Diablo 3 on PC was released. Next day, May 16th in 2001. Project Justice on Dreamcast. We got some Dreamcast love going on. In 2011, Terraria on PC. Wow, that was a huge game. Huge game in 2011. I remember it was kind of like the beginning, sort of the beginning of like the 8-bit art style coming back. Remember that? There was a 2010, 2011, it was kind of like this retro feel of people doing 8-bit art or 16-bit artwork coming back and making new games that looked old. Now, like everyone does it, but back then it was kind of a, a real special thing. 2017, Injustice 2 on PS4 and Xbox One. Hell's yes. Next day, May 17th in 2011, Fable 3 on PC was released. 2011, the same day, The Witcher 2, Assassins of Kings on PC was released. We got some RPG shit going on. Love it. Uh, the next day, May 18th, here's kind of a big day. In 1999, Star Wars Episode One Racer on N64 and PC. Goddamn son of a bitch! So good, so good. Love those games. And 2009, Punch Out on Wii. Remember that? They had a, a version of that. Punch Out. And 2010, Alan Wake on Xbox 360 was released. Same year, Red Dead Redemption, PS3 and Xbox 360, big day there. Oh, we're not done. Same year, same day, split second, 
on PC, 360, and PS3. What an amazing, an amazing racer. Underrated, underrated gem. You got to check that one out. And finally, in 2010, this was a big day. Huge day, May 18th in 2010. Jeez. Trauma Team on Wii was released. Stephanie and I love the Trauma Team games. It is, I actually did a video on YouTube talking about some uh, Wii, um, what, did I, what did I call it? I called it, the, uh, maybe maybe I called it Unknown or Gems. Or, I don't remember what I called it. Like my favorite, well, I call it like my top 10 Nintendo Wii games or my favorite Wii game, something like that. Go to my YouTube channel and check it out. Trauma Team is on there. It really is good. And if you don't even play the game, just go to YouTube right now and type in Trauma Team OST and listen to the soundtrack. Listen to the soundtrack and then get in Discord and be like, holy shit. The soundtrack is fucking bomb. So good. And finally, to wrap up this week in gaming history, in 2018, just last year, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition on the Switch. Winner. Yes. And that concludes this week in gaming history. Hope you guys like that. I always love going back in time and listening and checking out and reliving the memories of our gaming past of when the games came out. You know, sometimes when a game was released, that's a really special time for a gamer as well because we'll have memories attached to that and we'll remember that time where we waited in line or, you know, we did, you know, we did something strange for a piece of change to get the game. You know, we all, Harold, what do I do with this Weefy, Harold? It says I can't connect with the Weefy. <laughs> On to some gaming news. Hey, Sonic got a new makeover. If you're on the video feed, you're checking it out right here. Somebody photoshopped Pikachu onto Sonic's face, onto the derp Sonic's face for the movie. And uh, yeah, look at him. He's cute. <laughs> That's a cute little Sonic. He makes a really great Sonic. No, it's somebody, uh, it's just somebody who made it online. I'm not sure who did it, but it's adorable. There was some new DLC that uh, was released. And so this was like two days ago. Steph and I, we got online and she wanted to play a little Tetris 99, you know, just hop up in there, stack some blocks, you know, stack some chips, you know, make some ends, make some hits and, uh, you know, hit a few lines, if you know what I mean. <laughs> You know, throw down a few straights, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, try not to be too square, if you know what I mean. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm digging, I'm stretching, I'm digging deep. I'm really being a blockhead. Oh, oh, oh! I should just quit. I just quit the show. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, really bad. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, there's some new DLC for this. We logged in and we saw it. So what is this? It is a $9.99 DLC. Okay. First, when I first thought, I go, what the fuck? And I'm like, that's how they get you, bro. Bruh. That's how they get you. They give you a free game and then they fucking slap you in the ass with a, some DLC. It makes total sense. It's the old fashioned bait Bruh. and Bruh. switch. Bruh. But 
I didn't really think about it. And then Steph put it in, into perspective. She goes, well, it's free for us technically because we paid for the Nintendo online service, right? 20 bucks a year or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, the game's free, but technically we did pay for the service. So we have access to the game because we have the service. I didn't put that... I just don't think like if you have a if you have a switch. Wait, did I say we? What did I say? Anyway, I think I fucked up. I think I fucked up. I, I meant to say switch. I think I said we. But if you have a switch, to me, I'm thinking you'll you'll just have online. You'll just always have the service. Why would you not? It's only twenty bucks a year. Well, not everyone has it. And she put that into perspective. She's like, well, if you don't have it, then you can pay ten bucks and play it offline. Bruh. Makes total sense. Okay, okay, I get it. So this is really cool. So what does it add? Well, it adds offline mode, obviously, because if you if you don't have the online service and you buy it for 10, then you play it offline. You play it with bots, which is pretty fun. Uh, and we did play it with the bots, and it's fun. It's, it's definitely a fun experience still. Um, they also added an endless mode where you have to try to get a certain amount of lines. Uh, and basically, when you get closer and closer to your goal, it gets faster and faster, and it becomes a complete Tetris Grade A clusterfuck. Bruh. And you know it. Oh, fuck. According to their uh, the Tetris 99 store on the e-store, e-shop, it says that they are planning to release more content later on. And um, they are calling it a season pass. So don't be scared of the season pass, but they are calling it that. Uh, so anyway, when Steph and I tried it, uh, it just basically went fast as fuck as we were it was just so fast as we were getting there she put it on 999 lines that's the max and she's like yeah i'll fucking do it i'll get there and i'm looking at the time i looked at the first 10 minutes and she got to like i don't know what she got she got like 20 lines or th- i don't know what it was but i was doing the math i'm like well we're gonna be here for like three hours on this pace like it'll it'll take us three hours to do this and she's like yeah cool so i'm like all right cool you know we're rolling but as we progressed, it started to get faster and faster and faster, and by the end, we only got to line 540 before it just it was a Tetris clusterfuck. Um, and also, they also have another Tetris Maximus Cup event the weekend of May 17th. And if you manage to get over 100 points in that tournament, you get a Game Boy Tetris theme. So go participate, jump in, have fun. I do like that. I think Tetris 99 is really kind of the the hidden gem standout game that we didn't really want or ask for, but now that we have, we can't get enough of it. And um, yeah, and I, I like the fact that they don't really tell you the rules. They don't give you any tips or tricks. They just throw you into the fucking Tetris fire and be like, fend for yourself, bitches. Have fun. And I like that. I think it's cool. It's fun. It's fun to play online. Tetris Battle Royale, really. Put 100 people up there. Last person standing. It's fun. Really fun. Like last month when my older brother came to visit, we were playing it uh, in there, and he was like, like, he got it at his house, and he played it a few times. He's like, yeah, you know, it's fun, but it's just just Tetris. No big deal. When he came over, I was was telling him a few strats, and then Steph was chiming in and saying a few strats that she did. And so we were kind of coaching him a little bit, and he's like, oh my god, it opens up of how you can attack your attackers or or people, and you can get KOs, and there's all sorts of shit you can do. You can press up to do quick drop. He didn't even know about that. There's a lot of really cool stuff. So uh, he was fucking addicted. 
Burrow's got a problem. It's good shit. A lot of fun. Tetris 99. So the Video Game Hall of Fame. They inducted four new games for 2019. I guess they've been doing this since 2015, I think. I looked at the article. I went to their website. I think they've been doing it since 2015 or 2014. So a few years. And every year you can vote, which is really cool. So you can go to the website and you can vote. And they have like four bullet points of criteria that they look at, like uh, longevity, um, cultural impact. Um, there's you go go look them up. There's a, there's a bunch of them, and so you can vote, and people have voted, and then they take the most votes, and then obviously do the research, and then they induct winners into the Hall of Fame. I think this is great. This is a really cool cause. So what do we have? Four games for uh, this month in 2019. Oh no, for this whole year actually, it goes by the year. So 2019, the games are Colossal Cave Adventure. Uh, this was an early game. Originally, I think it started to be developed in the late 70s. And uh, kind of came to be uh, in the early 80s. For the computer, I guess I guess it'd be IBM PC at that point. Uh, next up, we all know this one. We've all, you know, spent a hot minute playing it. Microsoft Solitaire. Oh Jesus. Bruh. We spent a few we spent a few times, you know, a few hours in there. A lot of people were back in the day they were saying you have to uninstall the Solitaire game on my computer cuz if I have it at work I'll play it. You have to get rid of it. I, I please, you have to get rid of it. And for a while it was kind of a big problem <laughs> for people. Bruh, bruh, bruh. It's good shit. Here's one we all know and love. Also, good to see it on the list, 2019. Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal Kombat. So good. I mean, what do I say? What do I say about that? Nothing. Just incredible. And another one, incredible. Really doesn't need any introduction or any uh, selling points. Super Mario Kart on Super Nintendo. Winner. The Video Game Hall of Fame inducted games of 2019 right there. How about that? So good. So good, so good. Um, uh, you guys, what am I gonna do with my Minecraft game? Do I play my Minecraft? You can play Minecraft Classic in a web browser now. Yes, this is true news, bro. Bro. Uh. Granted, you're going to be dealing with the bugs and all the bullshit that was around in 2009 when the game was released, but you still can play it. Uh, and I think there are some limitations, including only 32 blocks to build with and a few others. Remember that? Remember they updated that and gave you more and more as the game got more popular. Uh, but if you really want to go back and relive the early days of Minecraft, and I think a lot of people would because it was a very popular game, still popular to this day, in fact. Uh, you can go check it out at https colon slash slash classic dot minecraft dot net classic dot minecraft dot net. There was some shit going on with the Nintendo Switch this uh, this week, and I think it's very, very fascinating. And, you know, I love when I see people do console mods or, you know, they're trying to reverse engineer things. And it's amazing what they can get working or get installed, or just, <laughs> just the fact that they could even break into uh, 
a, a system like the Nintendo Switch. Nintendo is, I mean, yeah, we had their their classic, their little mini classic systems, which were hacked before they even released, really. But the Switch, although been out over a year now, we're starting to see people being able to get in there, hack things, install different OS, different programs, software, and now we're seeing that they're installing emulators on there to play uh, games. Uh, this news here is Voxel9 is the uh, the person's handle. He hacked a Switch and is now using an Xbox emulator on his Switch. Notes here that we wrote down is that he installed Linux on his hacked Switch and managed to get an Xbox emulator working on it. Um, I am really curious. I need to see if there's any videos of it on YouTube because I want to see how it runs because... So we're kind of at this weird we're kind of in this weird gray area, right? The original Xbox is the hardware in the original Xbox more powerful than the Switch? I'm going to say probably not, right? You would think. But in t- I don't I don't know the specs of the Switch, I'll be honest. I don't know the technical uh, specs. I'm sure I can look that up. But you would think that the Switch today being, you know, built and designed and engineered to have four, five, six, seven years longevity for Nintendo that they would put some sort of serious horsepower behind it. But that's really not the case for the Nintendo. And they've never really done that with their systems. They never have. They've always really focused on the gameplay, first-party titles, and ease of development for the most part for developers. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm interested to see how this runs. I want to see it. I want to see an action. And uh, I'll be the judge for it. How's that frame rate, bro? And uh, for some reason, oh, this is this is the funny. This is a really funny catch. Listen to this. For some reason, only a PlayStation Four controller works for it, and no other controller for whatever reason. That maybe that's a um, maybe that's an issue with the emulator itself. Maybe that's an issue in Linux. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I obviously not doing this, so I don't really know. But so think about think about what you're doing. Think about this. You're playing an Xbox game on a Nintendo Switch with a PlayStation 4 controller. Illuminati confirmed. Uh, what? What? That's fucked, man. That's just fucked. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, one of the greatest things to come about, I think, for these systems when they get um, when they get past their sell date, right? I mean, like the original Xbox or the 360, people mod them and hack them and do things. You know, it started out back in the day, they would hack them and install like their local files, their movies or their music or their media, uh, or they'd rip their games into them or whatever. And so, you know, we kind of have this, we have this, this, um, this area where, you can do that and make it a full like multimedia experience. Like what's, what's better than having your original Xbox and you can plug in four controllers on it and you can play, you know, Xbox games or you can run emulators and you can play whatever games you want. I mean, that's pretty fantastic. Um, the Nintendo Wii is another one. And, you know, I don't even, I have a couple of Wii's that I could mod. I just haven't ever done it before. Maybe I'll sit down and do it. Um, and I, I would love to, to be honest, like install a hard drive and hopefully it can, I wonder if there's a way I'm sure I can 
put my games. See, because I use Dolphin emulator on my PC. So I put my game, my actual physical game. Yes, I do have a disk drive in my computer. That's one thing that I always will get. I have to have it. I put the disk in the computer, put that in, and then Dolphin emulator reads the disk and it loads the game. And it's fantastic. You take advantage of the hardware and all of the, the anti-aliasing and the upscaling, and it does such a great job. And the computer's super beefy, you know, super thick with two Cs. So it can run the games pretty well, and the emulators are getting better and better every day. They're being developed, which is great. So I like that. I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, having a, an old system like this that you can't buy new anymore or whatever, take it, reverse engineer it, hack it, install some mods, and have fun. I think it's great. I love it. A long time ago, I did that with Metal Jesus, and I was up there hanging out with him for PAX. He was he uh, pulled out his Xbox. We plugged in controllers. We were making the rounds, man. We were playing Burnout. We were playing OutRun. We were going through classic racing games because him and I both love racing games a lot. And we just had a really great time doing it. And there's, I think there's, do we film? I think we filmed some stuff. I know we did. I know we played some Atari. We played some Night Driver. And we also played some plug and play, some pole position. And uh, at the time, I got the world record. And he was recording it and he submitted it. It was really, really cool. He submitted it to Twin Galaxies. Is that, are they still around? Are they still doing stuff? I have to go back in their website and look, see if I'm still on there. I doubt it, but it was so fun. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, side tangent. That was that was legit. Um, so EA, yes, your good friends at EA, um, their unlimited game subscription service is now coming to PS4. I think I briefly touched about this last week, possibly, but now it's like a real thing. It's official. And uh, oh, yippee ki yay, you can have another subscription service on top of your subscription to play PlayStation online. Fucking assholes. That's ridiculous. So I know some of you are like, well, fuck off, Jason. Shit is good and it works for me. That is awesome. And I'm I'm totally happy for that. Um, I'll let me just give my thoughts on that real quick. It costs five bucks a month or thirty bucks for the whole year. So thirty bucks a year is great. I think that's very affordable. That's half of a cost of a new AAA game. Now, are you going to get AAA games on the service? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think maybe, right? Maybe. You're going to get their whole back catalog of games, but will you get AAA stuff? I mean, I would think you would. I would think you would. It makes sense for... It makes sense for people if you... It's just cheaper. God, it is just cheaper all around, isn't it? There's really no, you buy two or three or four AAA games a year, you're 240, 250 bucks. Whereas if you can pay 30 bucks a year, as long as you get those games, this would make total sense. And you pay for the year, you have access to it all. Plus, you get their back catalog of games. You, they're not going to nickel and dime you like, oh, it's on sale for $1.99 or $4.99. You just can play them. I get it. I get, I get the service. I'm just kind of like, I'm just, I think I'm kind of upset that this is the model that's moving forward. And it's the model that's moving forward, not just in the gaming world, but everywhere. And it all, I mean, it's always been there for cable. It's always been there for TV, right? Always been there for movies. Now Netflix, all this stuff, Disney Plus, all this stuff. But now I'm starting to see it in my world, in my pro audio world, like Pro Tools is going to uh, a, a monthly or yearly subscription service. That's why I'm going to keep, I'm going to hang on to my old versions of it. Fuck that. Fuck that shit. Paid a lot of money for software back then. 
But this is the way, and I know why these companies do it, because it's a way for them to make continuous revenue and not just on one game. And then when the game dies or the game bombs or they don't sell a lot, they are getting monthly, yearly, generating continuous revenue to help fund and develop new games, current games. It's to pay the bills. I get it. I get it. And it makes sense. Would you, I guess here's a question. Would you, would you go for a service? Would you buy into a service? If you knew that it more, it would help the development more on games. It would help that indie studio that EA just bought. It would help them stay afloat more and keep them around longer if you paid for the monthly subscription. Now that's just my, those are just my words. That's not like a technical thing, but think about it. It's the reason why when it's, we've seen this in the past, this is the reason why when a, uh, a development studio release a game and it bombs, it doesn't do very well. Then they clean house, get rid of people, relocate people, and then shut the, the studio down and get rid of it completely. We've seen that dozens of times throughout the years. So if you knew that if you could buy monthly and it would help that, like I would, I would, that would, I would feel good about that. That is not the case though. That's not what they've said. That's not what anyone has said except me. I'm just thinking as a business standpoint, that's the reason why they're doing this. It's not to like, because they want to just fucking stick it to you every month. I mean, they do want to fuck you every month, but it's more or less they're doing it so that they can continue to make revenue every month, even on stuff that you know, they're not anymore. Now they are magically, which is kind of cool. I don't know. What can you do? Times sure are changing. Harold, what do I do with this Wi-Fi? I've been here for an hour trying to figure out this Wi-Fi. My IPID can't connect to the Wi-Fi, Harold. Here's an interesting one. Kids today, all right, we just we just read an article about this today. Kids are getting bullied at school. Not for typical kid bullshit things like they usually do. Like what they're wearing or, you know, what shoes they're wearing or who they're hanging out with or what kind of music they listen to. Or what classes they're taking, or I don't know, stupid bullshit stuff that kids get kind of made fun of or bullied stuff. But kids today now are getting bullied over Fortnite skins. This is a real fucking problem. And don't think I'm like making light of it or excusing it by any means. I just think it's fucking crazy and stupid. Um, what's happening is that kids are being called, quote, default as a form of an insult. They're being called that. This is a derogatory mark, name, name calling, basically. Oh, he's just the default. What they're meaning is that you just use the default skins. You don't go out and buy the extra skins or the better skins or the promo skins or, or whatever skins. You know, they offer a million skins you can buy. So, um... This is a real problem. You know, and being bullied in school. I mean, I got bullied in school. I think everyone got bullied in school. I mean, this isn't anything new. But what's interesting is that um, 
It's over Fortnite skins. That's fucking insane. That game is so popular with kids that this has become a real issue. Um, you know, it used to be based on like how much skill you had in a game and, you know, you'd be called a noob or a bunch of other, you know, derogatory names. And then you just practice and get better. You can continue to try to hone your craft and get better at the game and then fight back and play and be like, yeah, look, I'm good. You know, I, I, I worked at it. I worked hard. I did this. I achieved it. I'm good at the game now. I'm playing it. I'm fucking kicking your ass now, bro. But now it's about skins that you pay for. And what's happening is that kids don't have money to buy it. So then they go to their parents, right? And they're like, you know, little Billy's like, hey, I I really want to get this skin because I really like it. He's telling mom and dad, I really, really like it. But it's actually deeper than that. There's actually more of an issue than that because it comes down to what he's really saying or what she's really saying is that I need the skin because I don't fit in at school. Whoa. That fucking blows me away. And not every parent is going to just sit there and dole out money for skins for, you know, 12-year-old Billy to go play Fortnite with his friends. And that's completely reasonable. Because the skins can get expensive. You can spend hundreds of dollars, if not more, I can only imagine, on skins. And I just think that's fucked up. If you don't have the latest, greatest, newest, most elite skin, you're labeled as a fucking idiot. Like, you have no skill. You're a default. Crazy. You know... Back in school, when I was when I was in school, it was like you know you get made fun of or judged like what you wore, like you know you you wear this, you know. Um, well, I'll put it in perspective, you know, like if you wore um, Tommy Hilfiger and Nautica and stuff, you're labeled as like a prep, you know. Um, which this goes even even back further than that, you know. You, you ever watch The Outsiders? Go watch The Outsiders. There's just hundreds of movies about the stuff, you know. But if uh, if, if you wore like um, uh, you know, dark makeup and like knee high, like Doc Martens and the big trench coat stuff. You were labeled a gothic, right? So like, there's all these labels and people judging. Like that was that was my high school days back in the in the in the nineties. But it's like, it's fucking Fortnite skins now. Jeez, we are. It goes deeper than that because it almost becomes psychological a little bit. You know, like who's going to accept me? Am I accepted in here of my skin? It's fucking dumb. Hey, newsflash kids, you're all dumbasses. Like, stop doing that. It's fucking dumb. Because guess what? When you... <laughs> Ain't nobody going to give a shit about that. I'll tell you that right now. So if you're being... If you listen to the show right now and you're being made fun of, just realize, don't worry about it. No one's going to give a shit down the road. You know what? Just fucking go waste them, dude. Just go fucking waste them when they're little elite gold skin. Just go waste them, dude. Go in there fucking raw dog default ass skin, you know, with knee pads and fucking armbands and a fucking cap. That's that's the default skin. Go in there and just fucking slam. I love it. Make a video, post it on YouTube. Damn kids. Uh, there was some news that happened this week about 
loot boxes being banned and also like pay to win banning or some types of um, strategies there. This is really interesting. And I know this has been in the news for at least a couple of years at this point. I know people go round and round with this, but uh, a Senator Josh Howley in Missouri, he is currently trying to ban the use of quote, pay to win and loot boxes, which he feels uh, uh, exports. Oh no. What did I write here? It's basically what, what it does. It, it uses children in a fashion of gambling. It's really interesting. And I got to say, it's kind of true. Think about it. Okay. So he used Candy Crush as an example. And do people still play that fucking game? If you play Candy Crush, what's going on? What is the world coming to? But Candy Crush, okay. uh, It's a free-to-play game, but if you pay, it makes it much Easier and you can cost it can cost up to 150, 200 bucks, whatever. All right. Pay to win, we're talking about. That's been around forever. Developers started to get uh under a little fire, a little heat under their ass about it on some games. And now it's kind of like this kind of gray area. We don't do that. Oh no, 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 we have we have boxes and, and we have skins and we have gun skins and we have accessory packs, but but nothing to give you an advantage. Now developers are like backing off of like, okay, we cannot give people an advantage for buying this. It gives them an advantage over someone who doesn't buy, but we both bought the same game. But the development the developers, they want money. They want more money. It's understandable, right? So how do we do this? So it's a really tricky thing. But the pay-to-win thing is bullshit. I don't like it. Um, Senator Josh also goes on and say that uh, loot boxes combine, quote, the addictive properties of pay-to-win with the compulsive behavior inherent in other forms of gambling, end quote. Uh, yeah, and it's actually completely true. That statement is true. Um. And I understand, you know, that these companies, they need to continuously generate income, but I feel like there has to be a better way to do it. Don't you think? My, here's my, here's my stance on it. And it's a really quick one, mind you. Here's my stance. I've always thought this when it comes to uh, loot boxes. I fucking hate loot boxes. Why? Because if, if I'm going to spend my hard-earned money on a loot box... I want to know what the fuck is inside of it. Why doesn't that make sense? If I'm going to... Let's break it down again. Let me say it again in case there's some confusion. I mean, if I want to go gamble, I just go to the fucking casino, put in a $20 bill, and just stick my middle finger up and fucking walk out because that's what happens, you know? It's, it's gambling. If I... I need to know before I make my purchase what I'm purchasing. And if I'm going to drop 50 bucks or 60 bucks and get a whole bunch of loot boxes, no, I want to just spend 50, 60 bucks and buy what I want. Why not just let me buy what I want? If I have the money to do it, let me fucking do it. That's my thing. And I think gambling is a real big issue. And in fact, a really big problem with a lot of people. It's compulsive. And in fact, people have lost everything gambling. They've just lost everything. It's just gone. And it's a big problem. And they love it. Developers love it because of that. 
it's very compulsive and it gets people addicted. And you're like, oh, I'll just do one more. Oh, I'll just do one more. Oh, I'll just do one more. Before you know it, you spent 500 bucks on Overwatch and loot boxes. And what do you have to show for it? Not a fucking thing. Oh, I got a legendary skin. But come on, bro. Really? Like, if give me, I've got 20 bucks. Does that legendary skin cost 20 bucks? Let me just buy it for 20 bucks and call it a day. That's my thing. That's my thing. I just, if I've got the money to do it, I want to give, I want to give you my money, developers. I want to give it to you. Make it available in the store. I'll just buy it. But gambling, that's the trick. Gambling. It's fucking crazy. Think about that. What do you guys think about loot boxes? What do you think about all that? What do you think about all this gaming news I just talked about here? Kids getting bullied in Fortnite, EA service, Xbox emulators on Switch, the video game Hall of Fame, some Tetris 99. What do you think about all that news? That wraps up our week in gaming news get at me in discord though get at me come have a chat let us know what's going on what you think i would love to get your uh <clears throat> input on that all right we're gonna move right along here tim allen approves uh, gonna move on to tech news i have a little bit of tech news not a whole lot but a few things i want to talk about briefly uh i'm always talking about nvidia because they're always in the news all the stuff that they're doing, their development, they've got technology for photos now where you just draw like little bit little lines and then it just kind of fills in and makes it a real photo. They're really helping in the autonomous industry right now uh, with self-driving cars. Their, their GPUs are behind a lot of really great new tech that's happening right now. So I talk a lot about that, but we recently got some news. And of course, this isn't even out yet, but I wanted to bring it up to say that it's coming, that AMD... Is going to be bringing out their new Radeon cards, and I think a lot of a lot of people who are kind of like hip in the computer world, you already knew this, but um, for all of us that may not be, uh, they're going to be coming out and announcing some new cards, and I think it's great. I'm interested to see what they have. Hopefully, it can be on same par uh, and maybe give Nvidia a little run for their money. Maybe come in a little bit affordable. They're always been a little bit cheaper than Nvidia, which is great. So hopefully, we can find something there. Um, but, you know, it's all speculation as to what they're going to release at this point. And I feel like they're going to bring up stuff probably at E3. And uh, we'll get more information around that time. In which E3 is coming up uh, next month. So I'm actually really excited because I'm putting together... Uh, I'm trying to take some notes and put together and, and like an E3 video, an E3 pr um, prediction video. Uh, and I'll do right here the, uh, what I mean is the podcast. So I'll talk about it, kind of E3 predictions and what I think you know the big three are going to do and what some of these tech companies may be bringing out and give my predictions. Then we'll see how accurate I am or see how fucking completely wrong I am. <laughs> you know the uh, company Cooler Master? They've originally, they uh, I think they, they first started out making just fans, didn't they? In the early 90s, I think they just started making fans and cases, I think. I don't know for sure, but uh, they've moved on to do lots of things, power supplies and all sorts of great stuff for your computer. Uh, it's a great company. They've been around a long time, long time, old school. They did announce that they have, they have releasing their very first Bluetooth RGB mechanical keyboard. And they're saying that it's going to use a USB Type-C charging port, charging port, sorry. And they're going to be using Cherry MX Low Pro switches 
which are really nice. Those are great switches. Um, the charge, 14 hours with RGB lights. And, um, wow, four months without lights. The fuck? That's fucked, man. <laughs> On one charge? That's a bold-ass statement. I got a picture of it here. I'm going to pop it open here. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Check this out, man. This looks pretty legit. It looks nice, doesn't it? There's no 10 key on it, so you're not going to be doing any of your, uh, your retail, your taxes. But, um, yeah, man. Look at that thing. Looks pretty nice. I'm not a huge, like, RGB freak. You know, I don't, I don't need... I don't need fucking LED RGB lights all over the place, but I think it's pretty cool. But they're saying, wait a minute. I kind of, let me get this straight. So they're saying it's going to last 14 hours with the lights on or four months without the fuck. Just let me plug it in, bro. It's pretty good, but Hey, cooler master in the game with the keyboard. Pretty cool. I'm interested to see where that goes. <clears throat> Now, before I talk about this next topic, I want to let you guys know I have not watched Game of Thrones, okay? So I'm not going to give any spoilers because I haven't watched it. Oh, I think I just felt the entire weight of the world go, <gasps> what? Jay, you haven't watched Game of Thrones? No, I haven't. I haven't. And people even told me that there's titties in there. A lot of titties, and I haven't I haven't watched it. I'm too busy looking at Tumblr. <laughs> no, something happened on the finale of Game of Thrones, and I want to just talk about it as on the tech side of things. This is really fascinating. So listen to this, folks. Okay. I'm sure you watched it, and I'm sure you loved it. I thought it was great. What you may or may not have noticed, a lot of people noticed this, and it was a big problem. But to the average eye, and depending on the, the room you were in, uh, when you watch this, and depending on if you watch on a little ass phone or tablet or a massive big screen TV or something, this will really depend on on your environment and your hardware. But what was going on now, the last scene, evidently it's like an hour long fight scene or something or rather. Um, the whole uh, section was shot in what is commonly known as available light. And available light is basically using the lights that are around and available. They don't have a bunch of extra lights. Like here, I've got all these fluorescent lights that beam on me. But, you know, if I turn all that shit off, it would just be like the lights behind me, maybe an overhead light, maybe a light in the kitchen, just available light. And that gives kind of a, well, definitely a darker look and kind of a more sometimes warm or sometimes even um, a little bit more grainy you know, a little bit more real look to it. So that whole scene, evidently, from what people are saying, was shot entirely in available light. Now, this was a creative decision, both by the director, um, producer, um, and all the writers. I mean, this, this was something that is discussed beforehand and then put into play. Now, I'm sure that it looked amazing in the... The post house, I'm sure it looked great in the editing room and on the cutting floor of when, when they were doing this in the proper lighting and the proper display and the full high quality video feed and video footage that you have, the fully uncompressed video signal probably looked amazing. 
but there was an oversight with this and they they forgot to think about how the public is are going to consume this video specifically you know this end scene because everyone watches it on streaming services because it's streamed all right so what happens in a stream well a stream is a a a lossy format and there's the differences between something that's full quality uncompressed is called lossless and one that does have loss is called lossy right so streaming service always is lossy always both video and audio just the way that it is once that's delivered to the cable company or the streaming service or wherever the cable company then adds their own compression and sends it through the pipeline to your TV and they will compress it in sometimes very heavy cases because they want to make sure that it plays all the way through, no buffering. And they also want to deliver it to more and more homes. And the more accounts that they have, the more, really, the more compression they have to do to try to get that down the pipeline and make it function properly. It's actually an act of crazy amounts of science and luck go into it. You ever watching a show and it starts buffering? It's like, what the fuck? I can't, I can't watch it. Maybe it's around like five o'clock, like news time or, or like on a weekend. Maybe you're watching a movie and it's buffering a lot and you're like, what the fuck's going on? People in your neighborhood or your condo or your apartment using the internet. Yeah, all that stuff plays a role. Same thing with cable company, you know, so they're going to add their own compression. So Game of Thrones, they didn't really think about how people were going to consume this because what was happening is that the blacks were getting crushed. And since they filmed it in available light, there's a ton of black uh, in the shots. A lot of darks, a lot of shadows, a lot of blacks. And uh, it was artifacting. Like crazy. Crazy artifact black uh, boxing, crushed blacks. It looked horrible. And people were complaining left and right. Because it did. It looked really bad. Because there was multiple stages of compression. So it was a... It was a great it was a great creative decision to shoot in available light but they didn't think about this is going to be streamed to millions of people over the fucking internet where it's going to be compressed 2 3 times and all this dark is going to be artifacting and completely crushed and that was a shame it was a really shame now bright lights and any 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 um, bright colors or lights, you don't see it as much, right? But the darks, you really, really notice it. And uh, so people were complaining. People actually went back and they were looking at comparisons uh, on different streaming services. They went to Netflix and, and Amazon and Hulu and a bunch of other places, wherever it was available. And they were making comparisons at the video of the video feed. And from what some people are looking at, Amazon evidently had the best looking um, version of it, but the end result is that they all had artifacts, they all had their blacks crushed, and they all look like shit. Did you watch it? And did you watch it in a, in a completely dark room on a big screen? How did it look on your tablet? How did it look on your smartphone? How did it look on your computer? Did you notice this? A lot of people did. I bring this up because this is a very fascinating topic, and a, this is a big problem 
that we have today and something that's even on Game of Thrones, one of the biggest shows on TV right now, failed to uh, look at or they just forgot or didn't really think about it. But that's a huge problem. It's a fucking lossy format. Streaming is convenient and nice, but it doesn't give you the full quality. It doesn't. It just can't. There's no way. I mean, you can do it, but it they don't they don't allow you to do it. They just don't. They have to compress it. This actually goes back to audio engineers from years past. Now, audio engineers, they figured this shit out years ago. Um Honestly, back back in the 60s, you know, they figured this stuff out. And it was really prevalent in the 70s as well, when stereos and radio started to become a little bit higher quality. But audio engineers in the studios, they would mix um, on their nice, loud, full-range speakers. But then they would also mix on little, dinky, shitty speakers in the studio. Because if they could get it to sound good on those little dinky, shitty speakers that they have there, they know it will sound good everywhere. It will sound good in the car. It will sound good uh, at home on the little shitty mono speaker. It will sound great on the full range speakers. They know that. And I, it's it's so fucking true. I mean, why do you think... Can you guys look back here? Look what I have. Let's see. Let me move over. Why do you think I mix on three different sets of speakers? Look at this. So I mix on my full range and I have these up here, which are I custom made those ten years ago. That's a JH custom sealed uh, special. And then I have my uh, this is really weird doing it backwards. And I have my Logitechs, my fifty five hundreds right there that I mix on with the the uh, Power Twelve sub. So I get A, B, and C that I mix on, so that I can understand what the frequencies are going to sound like on, you know, different speakers that have different frequency responses and ranges of what they're able to do and what they're not able to do. So it gives me an idea and I AB them and I put them all together and I back off and that's what you do. So that's why, that's why you do that. But that's a real problem in the, uh, that's a real problem in the, uh, the streaming world is that we've got, we've got lossy shit going on. We got lots of shit going on. <laughs> I know, and this is one of the hardest, this is one of the hardest things that I have to accept, is that I spend months, years, working on music, perfecting, attempting to perfect my craft and mix an engineer and create something that sounds that sonically sounds good and is pleasing to you. And the reality is, and I I I knew this I knew this uh, twelve years ago when these little tiny ass earbuds started to play a role in people's lives, and I knew it. I know that the music I make today is going to be an MP3 which is compressed, lossy, streamed over the internet, compressed, lossy. It's going to be sent over Bluetooth, compressed, lossy, to fucking earbuds that don't have a great frequency response and can't reproduce all of what I've created. And you're going to consume it that way. (laughs) 
So I spent all this time mixing all these great speakers, and I'm trying to try to make it. I'm trying to make them sound good on your earbuds. That's all I'm doing. Don't think for one second I don't have earbuds over here. I put earbuds in, and I, I listen to it, and I try to mix it as best as I can. Try to find a happy medium. But that that alone, think about it. It's going to be an MP3 streamed over Bluetooth or the internet to your fucking earbuds, man. And speaking of earbuds, I want to talk a little bit about AirPods from Apple. Because we have a real issue with AirPods, too, is that they're dying. They're losing their charge. And this is very common. Anything with a rechargeable battery is going to die out eventually. So the AirPods are 170 bucks. And from what people are gathering, what they're experiencing is that they last for about 18 months uh, before the lithium-ion batteries inside stop holding a charge. And in fact, they will deplete to where they won't hold a charge at all. The hell, I got something in my mouth. What did I eat? Did I eat a bug? Did you guys see it? That'd be fucked. <laughs> Happened live. Um... So what's going on, and if you didn't know what AirPods are, maybe you're not an Apple user, so they're, they're wireless Bluetooth uh, earbuds. They have a little case, you put them in, they charge. Uh, it's very convenient, very small, they fit, they're really streamlined, they fit in your ear. You can listen to music, you can make calls, they have a microphone, you can talk, and uh, they're very convenient and very nice. But are they? Are they really? They're kind of expensive. I mean, a lot of things are expensive, but these are kind of expensive. Um... And I don't know, it's kind of almost like, it's sort of like a status symbol in a way. Because, like, if you're wearing AirPods to, I mean, maybe you don't give a shit what I think, but, like, if I see you wearing AirPods, I'm going to say to myself, well, you don't have any idea about good quality sound, because you know, they don't sound that great. I mean, this is straight up. They don't sound that great. And they can't. They don't have... They don't have the size, the mass. They don't have the airspace. They just don't. They're convenient. It's like, okay, I'm going to say that, and I, I'm, I don't, I'm probably triggering a bunch of people, and that's okay, but I was the asshole that used to wear the fucking Bluetooth piece around all the time because I thought it was cool, and I didn't text all the time. I mean, now we text all the time, but you know, I would actually take phone calls back in the day. So, yeah, I was that fucking numbnuts that had the Bluetooth with a little um, little flip-out thing. Remember the little microphone that flip out and it would turn on? You'd flip it out, put it over your ear. Yeah, I'd fucking wear it all day. See, I'm that asshole. I'm sorry. I had a fucking jawbone, okay? I had a jawbone, and I wore it all the time like a fucking douche. All right? So when I sit here and talk about, oh, the AirPods are a status symbol, and they don't sound good, and you know, you're kind of douchey if you wear them all the time, I can say that because I was that guy. All right, so fuck off. So just leave me alone, because I was that guy. So I get it. But you're not doing anyone any good, because the quality of them, I mean, they're probably good quality, but they don't last very long. So what happens? The batteries run out, they run dry, and you need to replace the batteries. Well, you can't. They're fucking glued together. They're sealed. You cannot replace the battery. And you can't throw them out because there's the lithium-ion battery in there. And then that goes to a landfill. It's not safe. Could rupture, could explode. You know, you can't remove it. You can't recycle it properly. How in the fuck do you even dispose of these things? So technically, people are stuck with them. And they're in their, in their, um, 
They're in their drawer. They're in their fucking cabinet. Or like that one guy I read, he... How did he even swallow it? He swallowed an AirPod. And that's... It's gotta be fucking horse shit, man. The article said that he swallowed the AirPod... Or the AirPod. The EarPod. Or... What the fuck is it? The, the fucking AirPod... He swallowed it somehow. He must have put it in like his grilled cheese or something. Maybe he thought it was like um, one of those little crackers you put in your soup. He put it in. He swallowed it. And then he heard, he played music, but he heard it like in his stomach. <laughs> and then he shit it out, I guess. And it still worked. Okay. Like I call bullshit. I call bullshit. What he had his dude, whatever. He had like his girlfriend or. You know, his homie or, or whatever, like she had her ear or their ear up to his asshole. And they're like, listen, is it in there? Dude, your AirPods in your asshole. No, it's actually in my stomach. I got to shit it out. Get the bucket. That's, that's fucked. I read that too. That's bullshit. So anyway, hey, I know millions of people have the AirPods and you know what? If you love them, you love them. That's great. And I'm sure they're they're convenient and they they serve a purpose. And that's great. I just think it's kind of a weird thing. Kind of a weird thing that they don't. I don't know. I have a weird thing with headphones and earbuds. My ears are huge. My ear canals are huge. So I can't fit earbuds or AirPods or any small um, headphones in there. I either have to use... Uh, the ones that wrap around your ear or that have an actual um, cone that goes in, like a rubber cone that goes in and seals the ear canal to stick in there. Um, I can only use those or custom-made ear, uh, in-ear monitors, or just in-ear monitors with adjustable or other um, uh, pads on them so I can select the size. That's the only way I can do it. So, Because my ears are fucking huge for some reason. And my ear canals can't fit all that. They just fall out. I put I put um, just a standard like Apple earbuds in. I put them in. They fall out. They just bloop. You know how most people have like the canal with that little the, um, the dip that goes down to where they sit almost like hook into your ear. Yeah, no, mine mine don't. You can see. Look, I don't I don't really have a. It's not very defined, so I can't. I, I don't know. I thank my mom just just the way she made me. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of tech news. <laughs> and now, after all the the gaming and tech news, we're going to jump in and do some community stuff. I always like to jump around and take some questions from you guys. Uh, of course, audio questions if you want to record yourself, do so on your Smartphone or your computer, whatever have you. And then send it over via email, heinyhouselive at gmail.com. I would be happy to get that going. And in fact, I'm going to play. Let me uh, fire up my, my iPad here. Oh, and uh, we'll get an audio question going. What do we have here? I think we have, um, here we go. Here's the first one. Jason Heine, what's up? Uh, last episode, you talked about streaming services. Um, 
I think it's great that there's multiple services available. I mean, there's a lot more choice. And even if you get a few of them, there's uh, the cost is still a lot less than a cable bill. You could get three or even four and it would be half the cost of cable. My question, though, speaking of streaming, are you more excited for the new Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, or the new Star Trek series, Picard? I like both Star Wars and Trek quite a bit, um, but if we get another streaming service, I'd have to go with CBS for the new Star Trek series. Thank you so much for the question. That was uh, from the homie Digital Rhino. He didn't introduce himself, but that is our good friend Digital Rhino in Discord. Thank you. And thank you for your support on Patreon, sir. Um, great question, and I'm going to disappoint you. I know you're. I know that you're probably going to hate me now, but I was never really that much of a Star Trek fan, and I don't know what it is because I love the setting. I I I love the fantasy, the sci-fi. I love all of that. I mean, I love Star Wars, Star Trek. I love all that stuff. So I don't. I don't really know why I never really got into it. Also. I never really got into the Star Trek games. Maybe if they had more games, I would have experienced more and more of it. So I'm really, um, I'm happy to hear your opinion on that, of course. But I am more excited for the Mandalorian, of course. And I don't know too much about it. Maybe you can break some knowledge over my back on that. I think from what I've read is that it takes place, what is it, five years or three years after uh, Return of the Jedi? Is that right? Or is that wrong? I I was trying to read that. I think I read that somewhere, which, yeah, I think it's really, really great. And they're even talking about some actors from Game of Thrones are going to be in there. Like there's kind of a, like this cross, uh, it's cross platform, <laughs> like a merger of uh, worlds a little bit. So real, real fascinating and very cool stuff. Yeah. Um, that means, wait, okay, so it's Star Wars, so that means it will be on Disney Plus, and then you said the Star Trek is on CBS, so, um, yes, yeah, yeah, so Star Wars is my answer, and I do agree with you, and I know, I think a few episodes ago, I kind of hit, I kind of hit the streaming services pretty hard, talking mad shit about them, and I think it's just because I'm frustrated a little bit about it, but ultimately, you are, you are right, but you have to be careful with that, because even if you pick one or two, you're still way cheaper than cable, getting all of it, but it's very easy to just say, oh, I need four or five, six of these services, and all of a sudden I'm paying 300 bucks a month for all my streaming services, and boy, holy shit, can you imagine, can you imagine trying to manage four or five, six streaming services, like, wait, what do I watch Star Star Wars on? Oh, Disney Plus. Oh, what do I watch Game of Thrones on? Uh, uh, Hulu, uh, Amazon. Uh, oh, what's on Netflix? Oh, what's on, what's on Pornhub? You know, like, where, where do I watch all my shows? <laughs> so very very uh fascinating but hey ryan thank you absolutely awesome and great question i appreciate that i'm also gonna hop back in here i'm gonna hop on to um instagram because uh tonight i featured instagram for uh questions i hop around on social media i do facebook instagram twitter and discord i make the rounds and I post a picture, and I let you know that, hey, we're doing it right now. Ask away. And uh, if you do post in the comments below, I'll ask, I'll answer your question. Um, so we have a few questions here. From SeanMC72 on Instagram says, I've got a twofer. All right, you got it, bro. What's going on? 
says, what do you think about what happened at Riot Games last week? And guess this may be off topic, but do you watch Game of Thrones? Um, well, I actually, I answered your question earlier, sir. <laughs> so no, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I'm sure I will jump into it uh, at some point and watch it. Maybe when The Mandalorian comes out, I'll jump back in and maybe watch that, kind of get going on that. I know I need to start from the beginning, so, you know, I'll, I'll do that in time. Um, and you were talking about what happened at Riot Games. Now, I did read a little bit about what was going on with Riot Games. Um, and now, I don't, have the, I don't have the full story. I don't have the full info, so I, I apologize if I'm incorrect here. Excuse me. Please feel free to correct me or have even a discussion in Discord about it. I'll, let's talk about it. But from what I understand, from what I've read, is that um, employees at Riot Games went on strike because of some sexism that was going on in the workplace. Uh, I think sexism was just one factor of it. Um, I think they're kind of quoting it like bro culture type thing. Um, but what it is is that Riot Games was forcing employees to go into forced arbitration, which basically it gives up their right to sue or... Uh, voice issues, etc. Kind of when you when you go into that, you give up your right to do that at the workplace. And I think, and employees aren't liking that because some shit's going down from what they're saying. And I mean, look at it from both sides. I think it's kind of a, a tricky situation. The company wants that for sure because it helps protect them. That means they're not going to get sued by any employees. But then also, what does that enable them to do wrong? Does that enable them to to be sexist? That does that enable them to to do weird, dirty shit and not have any um, to not be held accountable for those actions? I think if you work for a company, large or small, if you don't have the ability to voice your opinion. Uh, or or talk about um, anything that's going on in the workplace, like uh, uh, sexism or harassment or any of that. That's just a bad deal, and that's not a company you should be working for. So I think I think these employees wanted to stand up and just say, like, you know, fuck that. You're like, there's some shit going on, and I want to talk about it, and I want I want some of these people to be held accountable. And who knows, maybe even want to sue them over it. You know, I mean, that's kind of the whole thing. Um, but you now there shouldn't be harassment, sexism. Uh, there should be no abuse at the workplace whatsoever. And if you can't voice that or come to terms with that, um, then may, maybe not a good place for you to work at. Now, if that place, if that business says like, hey, before we hire you on, I just want you to know that we go by a forced arbitration rule here. All right. That's how it works. You know, if they like signed on and they signed their paperwork and accepted the position, I mean, what, you know, what, what can you say? It's like, well, you accepted it. You know, you're there, do your job. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you can get out of there as quickly as possible and find something else. That's a little bit, you know, uh, better. I don't know. It's, it's a sticky situation. I don't think it's, I don't think it's good for employees at all. I don't like that at all. I want companies to be held accountable for their actions. Everyone should be held accountable for their actions. So um, that's about all I know on it. Uh, you know, there's some weird shit going on in the work. They can't voice their opinions. They're forced arbitration. It's kind of crazy. And they're having to uh, stifle. So hopefully the strike helps. 
and it gets hopefully you know some sort of resolution uh for the employees that would be nice uh so i hope that answers your question there sean thanks for writing on instagram i know it was late i tend to get on here and do this late so i appreciate you sticking around and being there <clears throat> and i just gave you a little heart a little heart on the comment there let you know i got to it um okay next up we have a last uh last question here nintendo brit gamer uh says here we had a resident evil 2 remake we we're close to a final fantasy 7 remake what other series game would you like a remaster of mm, it's a great question it's a very great question you know what i want Motorstorm. I want a new Motorstorm. We haven't had one for like almost nine years now. We need to have it back. I love Motorstorm. Um, Pacific Rift was probably my favorite one. Apocalypse was the last one that came out. But I would love to have uh, Motorstorm set with, uh, you know, with today's game engine and Unreal or something like that. It'd be amazing. Love it. Those are great underrated racing games. You should really check those out. You know what else I'd really like to play? You know what game was really fun was Gex. Remember Gex? That was always a fun game. Command and Conquer. Oh, we are getting Command and Conquer, actually. Yeah, I talked about it last time. EA went and pulled some of the Westwood people, and they're making it. So that's cool. I can't wait for that. You know, after I get done with this episode, I'm going to be laying in bed tonight thinking, oh, fuck, there were so many. I'm going to have so many come into my head. Because when you, when you put me on the spot, it gets difficult sometimes to, to think of them all. But, um, yeah. One of the games that got an HD remake, or really an arcade perfect port, that I've been wanting for years was Virtual Racing on Switch. And I've already talked about that last episode. So happy for it. But holy shit, man. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Gex was great, man. It had really great voice acting, uh, great comedy, good platforming, awesome music. Man, that was just a really, really great game all the way around. Really, really liked it. So thank you for the question, Nintendo Brit Gamer. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening and tuning in. Always a pleasure to have you guys. And um, let's see. Let me hop back in my uh, my notes here. I want to hop in my notes. And I'm going to screen share on my iPad again because we're going to jump into Discord are we up and running? There it is. Okay, okay. Look, look at this, man. We're flowing. We're going great. Having a great time. Let me pull up my Discord. And again, folks, if you want to join the Discord, very easy to do. It works on your browser, your tablet, your smartphone, your computer, wherever you are in the world, it works. Just go to my website, heinehouse.com, H-E-I-N-E, heinehouse.com, and scroll up to the top. There's a little button that says, join Discord. Hey, you're right. join my Discord. And uh, you can come on in. And this is where we get down. We talk about cool stuff. Waiting for this all to load here. Uh, we talk about a lot of cool stuff. We got the food chat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this up here. And uh, we have an amazing... Boom! There we go. There it is. Okay, so uh, this is last, last week's episode, obviously, right there. And then uh, we scroll on down. The first one here was hashtag mouse... And uh, I wanted you to get creative with that and post any and all photos that spoke to you regarding mice or mouse. And I opened it up, of course. I started with this one here. I found this. 
this is the compact mouse that I found in a Goodwill. And I was, in fact, looking for a mouse like this with the, the uh, PS2 connector here because I use an old uh, Roland 24-track recorder that has a VGA input and a PS2 mouse input like this. And it needs, yeah, the real kicker is it needs the ball, oddly enough. And this is the MS-34. You want to look that up. Real cool. Love it. And you can see, look, they, look at the sticker, the, the, um, the text. That's the Goodwill writing. Still on there. Still on there. I didn't even get rid of it. I just left it. Fuck it. <laughs> and we had the community come through. Post some other things too. Alice, rolling through. Look at this. This is great. What is this? This is a a Sega. Oh, happy birthday, Sega Saturn. That is a Sega Saturn mouse. And this is great to see, Alice, because I have never seen one before. Never seen one. Never seen one in person. In fact, what games does this support? I want to know. Are there... Oh, gosh. Okay. Alice, I want you to I want you to answer this question for me. Does this mouse support light gun games? Does it work for Virtua Cop? Please let me know. Do you have Virtua Cop? What is that laying on? Is that a is that is that your is that a pillow or something? A dog pillow or something? Or is that your pillow? Looks really nice and comfy. Looks a little too thick for a mouse pad, but so what games do you play with that? I would love to know. Yeah, see, even here, I'm in the chat like, whoa, is that for Saturn? Holy fuck. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I talked about some Darius, too, because he posted that earlier. The homie Glav coming through with two great mice. See, mice play nice together, don't they? Got himself his, his uh, more modern Logitech G-Series right there. I use this for gaming on the PC. And then... On the left is the amazing Nint Super Nintendo mouse that was sold with Mario Paint. The two clicker with a ball on the bottom. I hear that, dude. When I see this mouse, all I do is I start hearing music. In fact, Glav, dude, when I this picture came through, I stopped what I was doing and I went to the computer and I pulled up the fucking Mario Paint soundtrack and I just listened to it because oh. There we go. Let's just leave that right there. Oh, speaking of that song, I have a great drum cover of that. Everyone should hear it. Everyone should hear it. Maybe I'll play it after. It's on my uh, website in my music section. Hey, shameless plug. The homie DJ. What up, DJ? Casico in the house showing off. A mouse that he found. He said, oh, it's packed away somewhere. But I believe you. I know you got one. But he found it at a thrift shop. Also with the Super Nintendo mouse. I have one of these as well. And I love this because, Alice, this is the reason why I asked this before. Is This mouse on the PS1 supports a few first-person shooters. Yes. Fucking awesome. And also supports some light gun games. Uh, what was I playing before? I was playing um, Area 51. It supports Area 51, and it is so badass. So badass. This is a great-looking mouse, too. This is a, That's just a classic OG mouse design. Doesn't really get any better than that. 
very very nice and that's it that's it for the uh for the photos how about that we uh hit them up in discord that was you know we have the community events i create a hashtag we do that it's a lot of fun so this week you probably wonder well what's this week yeah you know what because it's the saturn's anniversary and we talked about talked about some saturn memories that i had and my history with saturn why don't we do hashtag sega saturn so pull out your favorite sega saturn game equipment maybe have a memory gaming memory whatever post it in discord where's my thing there we'll post it back up right here it's posted in here you can come into the podcast chat you see here i got all these chat rooms here in the main chat room, we're talking about all kinds of fun stuff. We're talking about games that we have. Uh, free video game day. Look at that. All right. We have all kinds of really great chat that's going on in there right now. So you can check that out. You can pop on over into the podcast chat. Of course, we have the food porn section where people are talking about their food, posting pictures of their yummy noms, gamer food. We also got Patreon uh, tech servers in here. You know, if you join the party pack tier... I mean, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, but shout out. Uh, there it is. I'm really excited to uh, share. Here's a little uh, sneak peek behind the scenes. There's my music video for the new song that's going to be released in a few weeks. Patreon have access to it right now. How cool is that? All right. I think that's about it. Let me say, let me go in here and take a quick look to make sure I didn't miss anything. Episode 10, folks, double digits. We have made it. We are here, we are live, and we are kicking ass and taking names. Again, HeineHouse.com. Send over your audio questions. Get at me on social media and Discord. You know, engage with the show. It's a community-driven show. I love you guys. I love taking part with you guys and um, just kicking back and having a good time. That's really what it's about. Just, Just friends, chatting, having fun. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Hope your work day is good, your commute, and all of that. You're amazing. Have a great one, and we will catch you next week. Bye now. That's all for this episode of Heine House Live. Thank you all so much for being here. This podcast is directly supported and funded by your generous pledges given on Patreon. You know, and if you're sitting there like, hey, you know, thanks, Jay. I appreciate that. You know, I had a good time. You know, this was a good date. We had a, we had a nice, nice sesh here. Maybe he had a little giggle. You know, maybe he had a little tickle. You know, if you felt a little something, something, had a good laugh, cracked a little smile, you know, swing on by Patreon. Just come on in. You don't even need reservations. It's, it's always open for you. Ready to go. Just come on by. Got a bunch of exclusive content, music, all kinds of stuff there for you. And of course, how about social media? If you're on the interwebs, maybe you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me at handle at... Heine House. And lastly, of course, audio questions. Please get those going. Get on the horn. You know, get on the the bullhorn. Maybe you want to get on the string and cup. And maybe you got a talk boy. Maybe you want to submit that to me via talk boy. That would be fantastic. Bust out the cassettes. Submit those audio questions via email. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. And of course, the real-time community chat can be found in our Discord server where the party never ends. It continues all night long. HeineHouse.com. See y'all in the next one. Bye now.